Hello, this is Wesley Lorton and I am 11 years old. I'm getting ready to call my great-grandfather. He's my mom's dad's dad. All right, we're ready. Hi, Papa Joe. Uh, this is Wesley. Okay, Wesley. Um, I'm doing a project for school and I want you to learn more about your life. Uh, my first question is, uh, what year were you born and how old are you? How old am I now? Yep. I, I'm, I was born on May the 23rd, 1926, on a Sunday morning, and uh, I am 90. <laughs> you want me to hold up? No. Keep going. I'm hunting, I'm hunting baby Joey. I'm, I'm 93 years old. Uh, what was like? What was life like when you were uh, my age? When I was your age, life was uh, was real tough. Uh, actually, I mean, Wesley, we uh, of course let's see when when you was my when I was your age, I I was probably in about the fourth fifth grade. I I don't remember. I started the school when I was five, but uh, I had to ride the school bus to school. It was about five miles to school. We had we had no running water. We had we had no car, didn't have a car. Uh, everywhere we went, we had to walk almost, but we did have a school bus that came by and picked us up like seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, they would get bring us back about three thirty in the afternoon. Now my school had uh, didn't have we didn't have electricity in it. It, it didn't it didn't have any any lights. Our water we had to, that we drank was just like an old faucet that you would have in the yard <laughs> that stuck up and had a drink in. It shot straight up instead of to the side, and everybody would line up at lunch or recess to get a drink of water out of it. You just drink it out of the pipe. And the bathrooms, we had a, a bathroom for the girls and for one for the boys. And they were, they were, of course, one on one side of it and one on the other. Again, no running water. And, uh, of course, that was school part. But when I was your age, I, I, I would go to work in the cotton fields at home. Uh, uh, I, I would uh, go, go to the field and I would have to hold or uh, plow with a mule. And uh, it was very, very hard. We had no money. And we raised everything we ate, almost everything. We we had to buy our sugar and, and the flour and something like that. But uh, uh, I remember one year my father borrowed uh, $40, and that was to buy shoes and uh, shoes and food and everything for us to 
to the farm that year, and I had I had nine brothers and sisters. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what you was. That's what you. Yeah. That, that was that was kind of like it was like when my life when I, when I came home from school. Uh, we we what we had to eat when we came home from school would be uh, 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 mother would fix sweet potatoes and she would bake them in the oven and and we we would have a sweet potato and then we would go to the field and if it was in the fall we'd pick cotton or we would. Uh, we would uh, uh, hoe or whatever. But we had to work when we came home from school, and then we did our homework by kerosene lamp or either laying them before the fireplace for light on your books. But time was very, very hard. We, we, we had no money, very little money. And uh, so it, it, it was difficult. Uh, I had two pair of pants. One of them I took wear to school. One of them I'd wear Monday and Tuesday. Wash day was Wednesday. And then I, I, I would have a clean pair to wear Friday and Saturday. Hmm. And... and uh, then we had what we call Sunday clothes. And uh, I would have that to wear on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Ask me any question that, uh, about, what well, do you want to know about food, what we had for food? Uh, well, can you tell uh, the story about when you um, married Mama Glenn? When we, when we what? When you guys got married, you and Mama Glenn. When we got married? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama Glenn and I, I, I remember the first time I ever saw her. Uh, she had just moved there, and she really caught my eye. She had on a, uh, a pretty dress, and she had some little white boots that she was wearing and and uh, I know I had one of my friends that knew her. She had moved in from another school and I told her I want you to go tell her she's as pretty as a speckled pup under a red wagon. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we didn't notice each other much after that, but uh, then we, uh, uh, we were about 13 when we really got uh, really tied together and uh, and we were more or less except for a couple of times we uh, we uh, uh, split up we had uh, she went out with somebody else or, or I did something but then for the last two years, we we were together uh, as much as we could. She lived about five miles 
from um, from where we uh, lived, and uh, she lived pretty close to the high school. But I didn't have any way. It was summertime, and I didn't have any way in 1942 to go see her except ride a horse or walk. But uh, I, I'm just sending you some things that helped us on the, but uh, so we would have what we called home dates. I would walk up there on Saturday or ride the house, ride the horse, and uh, we would uh, we would spend two or three hours together, and then I'd walk five miles back back to home, and then I'd come back the next Saturday night, and. Uh, so this went on uh, like 42, and then uh, we were we were 16 years old, and so we decided we'd get married. <laughs> and uh, uh, so she went to Grenada, Mississippi, and bought the license, and. Uh, I think it was three dollars. I, I I don't remember what it was, or two dollars. But uh, we we didn't have any way to get to the preacher, and so I had a friend back then. Which it was right during the war. You got four gallons of gasoline a week mm-hmm. if you had a car. And you you had what to call gas gas stamps, and uh, I had a friend that his father had a, a a old pickup truck that had big truck wheels on the back, and the back stood up real high. So anyway, he he was going to take us to get married. So we go and we I pick her up and. He and Key and my nephew and Glenn and I were all in the cab. <laughs> all of us were packed in there. And uh, we went to Duck Hill, Reverend McKinney. Oh, and incidentally, when Glenn got to, le- got to license, they questioned her on her age. And she told them that, uh, that she was 18. And... They wanted to know where was I, and she told her I was in the army. And they wanted to know where, but it hadn't been but just a few days before, until my brother had come home from the army, and he'd been at Fort Bend in Georgia, and he told, she told him to Fort Bend in Georgia. But anyway, they sold the license, so so we we rode to, we we went to Duck Hill. And uh, Reverend McCabin, and uh, we went in, and that his wife said, "You, you two look awfully young to be married." And we, we didn't say much, but anyway, he married us, and uh, so I asked him what, uh, how much did I owe him, and he said, "Well, what do you think she's worth to you?" And I gave him three dollars, <laughs> which I don't think I had but five. Mm. 
and so when there's a lot more to this story, but we had to take them home. So we took Glenn and Kay home, and uh, then when we was coming back on a gravel road, we didn't have any paved streets like like you have on a gravel road, and uh, we were driving back and. He was going a little too fast, and we turned the pickup truck over, and it ended up on a stop. And, of course, we got it turned back over, but it wouldn't run, and then we had to walk home. So I had to walk home on my wedding night, <laughs> and I didn't stay with Mama Glenn. I went, went straight home, and... and uh, so that, that's about the story of us being married. Uh, uh, of course, I was a little older than you are. I, I was sick. We were married on April the 20th, and I was 16 on May the... I was 17 on May the 23rd. And she was 17 on September the 5th. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's about the story of, of the, the the courtship. Except one night they asked me to. Uh, Big Daddy was working in Winona, and this was when well, I, I guess I was about fifteen, and they asked me to come up. And Big Daddy couldn't come home for the weekend. And they asked her, asked me to come up and stay with them Saturday night. And it was real, real cold. And I rode the horse. And Big uh, Brother fixed fried chicken and, and uh, had a big dinner. And they was, I think there was, let's see, there was four girls and me. And anyway, they, it was so cold. They wanted me. They tried to get me to stay, spend the night, and uh, uh, I was afraid that my mother and daddy would worry. And the old horse and I almost full stiff getting home. Uh, I, I would get down and walk, and the horse would follow me. I'd walk, and then he'd stay about three or four steps behind me. Then I'd get on it and ride it a little bit. But it was, life was tough back then, but it was good. Uh, when I was age, your age, we didn't have desserts uh, at every meal. Back then, two sugar was rationing. rationing. You got five, five pounds a month. Hmm. And uh, uh, we, uh, uh, we, we, we hardly ever had uh, meat except salt pork or something like that. Now, on Sunday morning, we'd have country ham and eggs or something, but we sold all of our eggs. That was about the only money we got was from selling the eggs, and we had our own cows. And we would milk and they had a milkman, and we would sell our milk and everything. So uh, 
was a real rough time, but but we didn't know it, and we were happy. We 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 was we had a uh, old pump organ, and I remember my brothers and sisters playing that organ and standing around it and singing. Hmm. And we I I had a mandolin, and my nephew had a guitar and uh, we, we would spend our uh, Saturday nights in one of the we had two fireplaces in the house and we would spend it, spend it in the what would be your guest room now we would spend it uh, uh, in there practicing our music which we, we, we had a we had it rough and we had to work real hard, but we were happy. Uh, if people did things, you know, you had people did things for each other, and uh, it was just uh, it, it was a hard life, but it was a good life. That was that during the Great Depression. Yeah, that was during the Great Depression. That that was. Uh, we didn't get out of the depression until World War Two, after World War Two. Yeah, we lived. See, one of the things that was in our that we had that the city people didn't have is we had a big garden, and we would raise we we raise all of our vegetables. We have we would uh, have maybe two or three rolls of tomatoes and corn. We raised corn uh, to eat out of the garden, green beans, squash, all all kind of stuff like that, cabbage, potatoes. And uh, we, we, we would, uh, my mother would can a lot of that food. She would put it in, in, glass jars and seeded and that's that's where we got our food from the winter so we in my family we never went hungry during the great depression because and we raised hogs too we would raise uh maybe three or four hogs during the year and we'd butcher them and that was our meat for the for the year and we do that every year. And uh, it, as I say, uh, it was it was really hard time uh, to to give you an, uh, an example. Gasoline was fifteen cents a gallon, hmm. and uh, I, I've got a uh, receipt that I got out of my. Uh, uh, grandfather's Bible for a store in Duck Hill that he took he took three country hounds and uh, uh, seven uh, and uh, I'm not trying to think three dozen eggs I believe that he got 17 the three uh the three country hounds, 
I'm trying to think what he got. But he got $17 for all of them. And then it's got a receipt of what he bought with the $17. And I've got it in this book that we were talking about. But uh, it was it was 72 pounds of country ham, I believe it was. But uh, we, we would sell anything that you could sell. But, uh, you know, there was really no market for anything but uh, cotton or soybeans and uh, eggs and chicken, uh, things like that. So we... We had a very, very tough time, uh, uh, you know, uh, living, but, but we made it. And as I say, it was a, it was a hard times, but, but we didn't know that there was anything anywhere else. Hmm. So it wasn't too bad for us. <laughs> What was life like during the military? It sounds like it was hard during the Great Depression. It was a, I, I, I lived through the heights of the Great, I lived through all of it. See, I was born in 1926, and the Depression, I believe, started in 1929. Uh, and uh, we, uh, it, it didn't really get out of it. Until uh, uh, until after World War Two, and, and uh, of course, uh, it uh, as I say, somebody to show you what we do, uh, Wesley, the difference in I, I see in people today. But when we would butcher a hog, when I was your age. All the neighbors, the, my mother would put uh, parts of uh, the hog, uh, you know, and, and I, I would take it to, like the neighbors around and, and uh, we, we'd have a package for each one of them. And if we made sausage, we'd have some. And when they would kill hogs, they would bring us stuff. And when we got ready to cover our house, my father would have to split shingles and uh, he would maybe take two or three months to split white oak shingles and uh, he'd uh, uh, have a big pile of them and we would have uh, uh, what they call a house covering and all of the men in the neighborhood or everywhere around there, it would be about eight or ten win, uh, men, and they, them and their wives would come, and the wives would bring food, and they, all the men would get together, and they'd cover the house in one day, and nobody charged anything for it. They they would just do that for each other. Hmm. And we live uh, uh, depending on each other a lot. But it, it was really, really tough times. But uh, uh, we, we we had a big family and we had a lot of love and, and we just, we, we as I said, I never went hungry. I might not have the, 
that uh, I wanted, but we did have something to eat. Uh, uh, I, I can remember when I when I had to eat cornbread for breakfast because we didn't have any money to buy flour. Uh, hmm. You know, so uh, she could make biscuits and uh, things like that. And as I say, if if you had a quarter in your pocket, you were fine because you could buy Coca-Cola was a nickel, a candy bar was a nickel. It was about three times as big as these today. Hmm. And uh, hamburger was a nickel. So, you know, all, all things were, you didn't have much, but things didn't cost much either. Hmm. Yeah, what was life like during the military? When you were in the military. When you were in the military. When I was where Wesley. When you were in the military. In the military? Uh, I was uh, I was in the military, uh, and I took uh, uh, basic training at uh, at uh, Tim Blendon, Florida. That's near Jacksonville. <laughs> Perfection business is it? It's at Stark, Florida. I took basic training there, and uh, uh, at Camp Blendon. And then I I went from Camp Landing to uh, Port Maxwell, Texas, and uh, I went to uh, from there I went to Japan, and uh, it was uh, I was on the way to Japan when they surrendered, and uh, so we what I, I did I. I first got there, it was so cold, and uh, we slept in tents, and we didn't have a floor in them, and it was just mush, and we'd spend half, most of the time, standing in line for chow, and uh, because they probably had 2,000 people that ate at the same place, so you had a long line, to get in there, but I was assigned to the 720th MP Battalion in in Tokyo. And what I did there, I, I worked as an MP and uh, I was on the security detail, uh, part of General MacArthur's uh, security detail. Every day uh, at lunchtime, uh, well, when it started, we, uh, someone had threatened to kill MacArthur, and they took about 16 of us, and uh, we we would go to the his headquarters, and we would escort him uh, back to the embassy. And uh, and we would pick him up at the embassy and take him to his office. And uh, we, uh, uh, so when they thought that it was over with, they left uh, four of us on a permanent deal 
his security detail, and I was one of them. And what we would do every day, uh, we uh, at lunchtime, uh, it, it was our duty. We would uh, we would stand at the front door at uh, where General General MacArthur uh, was, and we would stand there till he he came out of there, till he came out the door. And we, there would always be a big crowd of people. And he had a big, loud, cl- clear voice. And he would say, good afternoon, everyone. And uh, what he would do is he would get in his car. And uh, we would follow him. Uh, he, he had a honor guard, which would was directly behind him and we came directly behind the honor, honor guard and we would uh, we would follow him home and uh, uh, and then when we got when he stopped to go into his house which is uh, the American embassy then we would uh, we would just keep driving that that was the end of that for that day unless he decided he wanted to go somewhere else. And if he went somewhere else, we had to come back and do the same thing again. And uh, Wesley, I had the, uh, I had the, uh, got to see the Emperor of Japan, uh, Emperor Hirohito. Uh, we were, we were, my partner and I was sent to, what we were sent to do was to, to keep the GIs away from him. But but anyway, he had a gold-plated train car. And uh, uh, we, uh, he came in on that car and we stood on one side. Uh, I, I stood on one side, my partner stood on the other side. And he came out and he turned to bow. He he bowed to me and he, you know that little bow they do, the Japanese? Yeah. And, and he bowed to the other guy. And then he turned, he had a carpet. He never stepped on the ground. They, they had a carpet from him to his limousine. And, uh, uh, he, he got on that, he, he stepped out and when he started moving, we got right behind him and we walked him to his car and then, then we escorted him to his, uh, palace. And I used to, uh, patrol the palace grounds, uh, there a lot, but I got to do a lot of things. We had, uh, we had Tokyo rules in our uh, prison there. And uh, uh, we, we we guarded her. And uh, I don't know whether you know who Tokyo Rose is, but she was a, an American that turned for the Japanese and she would put out propaganda during the war. It's like... Uh, she might call me by name and tell me that my wife was 
going out with, you know, somebody trying to break out morale. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, we had her and, uh, we had, we furnished the guards for the war crimes trial. I got to go to that, uh, where they had Tojo and all those when they were trying them for the war crimes. And I lived that there was about 50 people, 50 of us, I believe. They called us the riot squad. I got a picture of it sometime you can see. Uh, and we lived downtown Tokyo and, uh, uh, we live right across from the Imperial Palace. And our job was just to, well, we policed. Uh, I, I did patrols uh, most of the time when I wasn't on a MacArthur detail. And uh, what we did was just work like police here. We had, they had the Japanese policemen, but they weren't armed. And uh, uh, so it was just, uh, I, 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 I guess you've seen the history of the small Fujiyama. I don't know. But anyway, that was a mountain of Tim Worship. And I know when I, when I, we, I could look out my window from where I was living and in the clear day and you could see the top of Mount Fujiyama. Uh, but it was, it was kind of routine, but, uh, it was better than, I had it on, we did have running water, and we had lights, hmm. uh, but, uh, that was, I didn't see any combat, and then, and, and the, uh, uh, I, I, I was called back again, uh, in the Air Force in the Korean War. And, uh, I, I served as first sergeant of a, uh, climb squadron. And, uh, I don't know whether you know, but the first sergeant is in charge of everything. He don't, he don't answer to one man, and that's the commanding officer. And, uh, you, you were the man when you were the first sergeant, but I, I spent about three years in, in that, and, uh, uh, but I didn't go overseas. Uh, farthest I got away from home, uh, well, uh, I served a little time in, uh, Mitchell Field, New York, and sometime at, uh, Camp Ethan Allen, uh, in Burlington, Vermont, and, uh, sometimes in, uh, uh, I can't think of the place in Texas, but a, a little time there. But most of it was just like a normal job. I would, uh, I, I would go to, to, I'd stay at home at night, and we were stationed out at the airport. And, and I would go to the airport and, uh, and, uh, uh, I, a lot of times I'd go home for lunch. Hmm. And uh, so it was, it was good duty on that. I know question? I'm running some of these things out. You can't 
But you you you'll have to tell me. Just ask me anything you want to. Anything else, bud? Uh huh. <clears throat> so you guys didn't have a lot of money back then, but things costed less, right? Uh. Right. We didn't have much money, but things didn't. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things things didn't co cost much. It, it's like uh, if Mama Glenn and I we had to go to Winona, which was twenty miles away. And, uh, of course, that don't sound like much today, but it was a full-day uh, deal if you had to go by horse and wagon. But fortunately, I didn't. I had a friend that was a rural mail carrier, and I could take a dollar, and Mama Glenn could go. I, I'd go pick Mama Glenn up, George and Eddie Helen, and... Mama Glenn, it was my cousin again, and uh, uh, pick her up. We'd we'd go to the movies, and it probably cost fifteen cents to get in the movie. But to make a long story short, I could uh, I I could go to the movies, have popcorn in the movies. Popcorn was probably a nickel or a dime, and of course, big coke was nickel and uh, then we would all come back we would come back from Monona at the uh, uh, and stop at the Liberty Cafe in Duck Hill and we would all have a have a sandwich and to give you an example uh, Mama Glenn would always eat a cheese sandwich which costs 15 cents and I'd eat a Ham sandwich that cost fifteen cents and a nickel for a coke. Hmm. So we, I, I could have a day with usually under a dollar. Hmm. And if if I did buy some gasoline for whoever I was riding with, well, it wasn't but fifteen cents a gallon. And uh, uh, so so you did. Uh, a pair of shoes was like a dollar. And I told you candy, candy bars were a nickel. Uh, if you go to a restaurant and you could get a T-bone steak for 65 cents.
we get about a five hundred pound bill, and we rented from my grandfather, and a bale of cotton would bring anywhere from uh, twenty five to thirty dollars. So if you get four bills, you had a hundred dollars, and but the fourth bill we had to give to our grandfather because we were working his land. Hmm. And uh, every time if we took a load of corn, when we took three loads of corn to his, to our barn, the next load had to go to his, his barn. And, and so, no, things were, were real cheap. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. Well, I'll, I'll just say, uh, cigarettes, uh, with, uh, was 15 cents a pack. Hmm. And, uh, of course, I didn't smoke, but you, nobody, everybody used, uh, uh, Prince Albert tobacco, and they rolled their own cigarettes. But if you can think of some item that, that you would be connected with, I, I may be able to tell you what it would, course back then. What about toys? Uh, about coins? Toys. Like corn? Th- no, th- things to play with. Toys. Oh, toys. Toys was uh, uh, at Christmas time. There was several years that I, I got no toys. I mean, I, I look at the children today, but you could get a, you could get a truck like that. I don't know whether you remember the chicken of the sea truck that I, I gave to you when you was a little fella. <laughs> uh, big, big tractor trailer. You could buy them from Sears Roebuck for probably 50 or 60 cents. And, uh, but, like Santa Claus would normally bring bring me a bottle of raisins, not seedless raisins, raisins with seeds, a couple of apples, and some uh, uh, candy. And uh, occasionally I might get a, a little revolver, like Roy Rogers' revolver, <laughs> and, and that... that uh, I remember Dan and Marie gave me one for Christmas, and they paid 25 cents for it. So everything was cheap. Uh, I think maybe Santa should bring Wesley some apples and raisins this year. What do you think, Wesley? Uh, Sounds like fun. <laughs> but but I, I look forward to it. It's like we had chicken and dressing on Christmas, and... Uh, we had cakes and we had things on Thanksgiving and and Christmas that we didn't have any other any other time. Uh, but I, I think about how many toys do you get for Christmas? Why? Well, uh, usually, uh, like ten, maybe. But um, this year I'm asking for something big, so I'm probably only gonna get like a few. Uh, well, sometimes uh, 
you know, I really believed in Santa Claus when I was little. <laughs> and I, I know some of the people were had more money than my family did. And they were able, and, and I wondered why Santa Claus would bring uh, a bicycle to one of my friends. And, you know, I, I told my mother, I said, I, I don't understand why I've been a good boy all year. And Santa Claus brings Jack James a bicycle for Christmas and he don't bring me anything. <laughs> and, and you you know you didn't understand it but uh but that's just the way it was uh, uh, a, a bicycle with me and i mean they were dressed up it wasn't these uh they, they had lights on them and uh and uh carrying case in the middle and, and they, they would be uh you could buy one for five dollars and, and you could get a bicycle that wasn't that fancy for probably three dollars hmm. my oh. mother and daddy bought me a mandolin one year from sears we bought just about everything from sears and uh it, it cost three dollars and 40 cents and uh uh, uh Guitar would be three or four dollars, hmm. but uh, uh, we we didn't have anything fancy. We made we made a lot of our. Uh, it, it, it was we we just just didn't have any money. Uh, I remember uh, to spend. I remember uh, Mama Glenn talking about. Uh, Big Daddy gave her a nickel to buy to go to school. When she went to school, the school bus was stopped at the store. And she bought a package of gum. And she, uh, when she went home, she and Kay and Morris Lou was chewing gum. And Big Big Bubba took it away from them and said, you would spend every nickel we got on chewing gum, hmm. and, and it was it was just really that uh, that bad. Yeah. But uh, that's all my questions. Uh, thanks for talking to me. Sounds like you had a very interesting life. I'd like to hear more about it <laughs> later. Yeah, you're real. You're really fun to talk to. With me, I didn't understand you. So, I'm sorry. No worries. He said that um, that's all of his questions that he has, and um, sounds like you had an interesting life. Okay. Oh, well, I tell him I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. Thank you. You are so welcome. I'm so proud of you. I saw, you, saw your pictures the other day, and I think about you a lot. Thank you. you and your family whisper surround me. I got your pictures everywhere. I'm sitting here now looking at uh, a picture of uh, of you, you and uh, Megan and Ashley. Of course, she's all over the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, 